0: It's a Friday night before an absolutely spectacular weekend in central Indiana as we look ahead to some wonderful, wonderful basketball, football, fun, great stuff. Can't wait. Let's talk about it. We're going to rank the Colts coaching candidates, the finalists, eight down to one. Eight of them! Who knows how many are going to get third interviews? They might expand it after the eight interviews and go to four interviews. Who knows? Maybe these guys, Chris Battler, Jim Ursay, the Ursay daughters, maybe they're having so much fun with this search, it'll never end. They're just going to continue to talk about candidates until they develop a dossier on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of the best minds who are plotting strategies and leadership in football. Who knows? We're going to rank them eight down to one. And and hopefully they land on one of the final two because there's an attribute of the final two that the first six don't have. Indiana and Purdue, bam, the rivalry. This rivalry is back. And there's a reason for that. We're going to talk about that. Indiana has got a chance to win this game. But if you're a betting man, you really have to look at this twice. Pacers. They got a shot against the Kings tonight to avenge a trade. At least Halliburton and Heald do. On the other side, Domas Sabonis does. Good to see Domas back in Indianapolis. I got to tell you, he was an absolute joy to deal with. I love Domas Sabonis. However, Halliburton, did you see that pass last night? Very, very nice. The Pacers losers last night to the Lakers. This back-to-back kind of important as you look ahead to what the Pacers are trying to get done this year. Right now, they're on the outside looking in to the play-in games. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Friday, February 3rd, 2023. This shirt makes me look real muscly. I like this shirt. Makes me look like I'm ripped. Brought to you by the great people at BUSR. Go to busr.com Kent. You sign up. You register. Within the first 24 hours, you deposit $100 or more, and you will be eligible to win a prize that's only available to people who use that link, which is my link. It's the link for this show. So it's a reward for people, only people who watch this show, and it's a free $1,000 bet. How's that? One winner, winner take all, that's it. I was always in favor of the big bonus when, I, when I've worked places. Not tiny bonuses spread among all staff. I wanted the bonus pool to be lumped into one. We have a drawing, and bam, that person gets a lot of money. How much fun would that be? That's what we're doing with this giveaway. A free $1,000 bet if you register and deposit $100 within the first 24 hours after registration. Man, you're going to get a call from BUSR. Going to be mentioned on the show, all kinds of stuff. I love it. Hit subscribe, hit like, ring the bell so you get an alert every time we go live. And if you want to make a donation, you make a donation. Who's going to argue with a donation? Not me. All right, let's rank the coach candidates from eight to one. Eight is Jeff Saturday. If Jim or say hires Jeff Saturday, all hell's going to break loose. Because number one, this, this entire deal will have been a sham and we're going to know it, that Ursay had his mind made up before any of these interviews took place. And that's just going to be the reality of the situation because there is no pragmatic reason whatsoever. After watching Jeff Saturday coach for eight games, there is no reason at all to extend his era into another regular season. Zero reason to do that. Nice guy, but that's not a reason. Owner likes him. That's not a reason either. That's the old boy network at its absolute worst. To hire somebody who is patently unqualified for this position, in terms of resume, it would be like me uh, applying for the director of research at Eli Lilly. It's preposterous. So this nice guy, again, not a reason. Aaron Glenn. Thank you, the Don. Hey, Ken, uh, have there been, been coaches that have refused to interview with the Colts? And do you think we'll get a good coach? Well, you know, D'Amico Ryans could have interviewed with the Colts. He decided that he needed to prepare for uh, the playoff game for his San Francisco 49ers. Didn't go so well. The uh, NFC Championship didn't. But there was that one, it wasn't really a refusal. It was, hey, I don't have enough time. But that might have been, you know, a little bit of a smokescreen, I suppose. If you were going to pick one, that would be it. I don't know whether you count. I don't know whether they made overtures to Sean Payton. I don't believe that they did. I don't believe they did with Jim Harbaugh either, because that would have been reported. Payton interviewed with everybody else, though. That's kind of interesting. Uh, Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator of the Lions. And by the way, thank you for the donation. Aaron Glenn, he is seventh because he was last. You know, there was no reported second interview for Aaron Glenn until it kind of happened late in the process. And I think he interviewed yesterday. Uh, Don Martindale, don't call him Wink. Just don't do it. He's not a child. He's not a game show host. He's a football coach. His name's Don. Don Martindale, defensive coordinator of the Giants. I've got him sixth. I don't think he needed a defensive coordinator. That little, that's going to come up again, just to give you a hint where we're headed with this thing. Uh, Rich Bisaccia, the special teams coordinator of the Packers, did a really good job last year with the Raiders as the interim head coach after John Gruden was fired. That's why he is above Martindale and above Glenn. Rich Bisaccia, you know what? If you hired him, would you feel good about it? Maybe. As a fan, probably not. Like, he's not as sexy as some of these guys. He wouldn't imbue the fan base with a level of hope that others would. Um, Edgerow Evero, defensive coordinator of the Broncos. Man, I'll tell you what. You watch video of Evero talk about football. And and you're just like, whoo, that's pretty good. That guy, I'll tell you what. If he hadn't get a head coaching position, he's got a career in media waiting for him. He would be excellent in the media. Uh, but Evero, you know, the Broncos weren't very good this year. And, and so that kind of weighs against him. I don't know that people would be really enthused about him coming in as coach. The visceral reaction from fans, from Joe Fan, would not be positive, I don't believe. Then we go to Raheem Morris, my favorite among the defensive coordinators. Kind of he and Everett tied in that regard. Raheem Morris, a really good coach, defensive coordinator of the Rams, got kind of a bad deal. Wasn't ready, by his own admission, wasn't ready for his first opportunity three seasons with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back like 08 to 10. He was young. He was brash. He had one good year where they went 10-6. and six, The other two years, not so good. They moved on from him after three years. Then the final two, you got Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator of the Bengals, and, number one, Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. Why in that order? Number one, they're at the top because they're offensive coordinators. And just as a matter of fact, offensive coordinators are everywhere late in the playoffs as head coaches, former OCs. The DCs, not so much. But the offensive coordinators, yes. Christina, thank you very much for the donation. Uh, I really appreciate that super chat and, and that donation. Um, so uh, why in that order? Because uh, Callahan has worked with Burrow, Chase, Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, who was arrested. Um, that's not good, the, the arrest. Menacing. You don't want to get arrested for menacing. Who wants to be a menace? I don't want to be a menace. He was allegedly a menace who flashed a gun and uh, threatened to shoot somebody in the face. Yay, that's menacing, and that's not good, if that's true. Hmm. Anyway, you could be the offensive coordinator with those weapons and do good work. I could, too. Then you've got Shane Steichen, Steichen with... You know, Jalen Hurts, he did a really nice job with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts in his third year was really good and blossomed at a high level. And people say, hey, he's a runner, Jalen Hurts is. He's not a runner like Lamar Jackson. And, and there's no reason to suggest that, um, that the two quarterbacks that hopefully the Colts are really looking at, and that's Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, not necessarily in that order, there's nothing that says they they can't run at the level that Hurts does. They're not run first quarterbacks, but neither is Jalen Hurts a run first quarterback. He's a good running quarterback, but more often than not, he kind of tries to work on the right side of the line of scrimmage to deliver the football downfield to his weapons. And they got a great weapon this year. And don't like as we talk about the Bengals with with Callahan, you know, and the weapons. Don't forget that one of the things that the Eagles did in the offseason was trade for A.J. Brown, a true number one wide receiver. And that really helped Jalen Hurts develop as a starting quarterback. So those are my top 10. All right, the timeline, if it's going to be Steichen, they got to get the third interview in if they're going to have a third interview, need a third interview. They're going to have to get that in after the Super Bowl if they don't do it tomorrow. Once tomorrow ends it's all Super Bowl all the time for Shane Steichen. And they're going to have to wait until, what, about a week and a half to talk to him again. That's a long time. You know, I don't know if there's any difference. It, it would With every day that passes, it's harder to put together your staff. It's harder to put together kind of your plan. or It's a, at least a more concentrated period of time to put together your plan for OTAs, the draft, mini camps, all of that stuff. We'll see what happens. I'll take either of the last two. Any offensive guy. Could there be a surprise out of nowhere? Yeah. Would Jim say all is possible? We'll just leave it at that. IU and Purdue, is it really college basketball's best rivalry? It was through the 20 years of Bob Knight and Gene Cady. Because you had this. You had Bob Knight with that iconic walk coming out of the locker room, out of the assembly floor, uh, hall floor. And you had kind of Gene Cady with his sort of iconic walk coming onto the floor, and it was theatrical, and it was fun. And now you've got a Purdue grad leading Purdue, an IU grad leading the Hoosiers, and they don't like the other school. They don't like the other program. Uh, Mike Woodson's final uh, college basketball game was an NCAA tournament loss to Purdue, the last time Purdue went to the Final Four, that, game, that was in the Sweet 16, if memory serves. The year prior to that, Indiana beat Purdue in the finals of the NIT at Madison Square Garden. This is a rivalry with tension, with drama, with fun, and tomorrow it's going to be off the, off the hook. What fun this is going to be to see the Hoosiers try to take down the top-ranked Boilermakers. And it passes to me, North Carolina and Duke, because let's face it, North Carolina and Duke suck. They're going to play tomorrow, but they suck right now. So you can't get all revved up for that. It's not like number one Duke versus number three North Carolina or vice versa. It's unranked Duke and unranked North Carolina. Who cares? Anyway, you see, I mean, they're more famous for good basketball than they are for playing good basketball this season. I can't wait. Purdue is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. If you're betting with your heart, like I would, but I never do, I'd take the Hoosiers. I believe the Hoosiers are going to win this game. I think they're going to play 40 focused minutes. I think the crowd is going to be crazy tomorrow, and they're going to make it really uncomfortable for the Boilermakers. But if I was betting, like with my head, I'm taking the Boilermakers all day and twice on Sunday. One-and-a-half-point favorites? Like, Indiana's lost five Big Ten games. And Purdue lost one to Rutgers that they really shouldn't have lost. Going to be a great game. I can't wait. Pacers-Kings tonight. Pacers, a two-point dog. The over-under I like. I like the over on the 235. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored tonight. Kings was won the first meeting, 137-114, back on November 30th. This is back-to-back games for Halliburton. Didn't play for like 9, 10 games. Last night played. Played a lot. Played well. The back-to-back, it's going to really test his conditioning, going to be interesting. Kyrie Irving wants a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. The NBA is filled with several er, selfish dudes up in here. There's some, se- some selfish dudes in the NBA. Kyrie Irving is the most selfish among the selfish. His selfishness is at such a level, I would never trade for this guy ever. And thank you, the Don. I appreciate it. You have Indiana in the over? I like it. I, we're thinking along the same lines. I think it's going to be over too. Um, Kyrie Irving, 27-5-5 five and five in 40 games. And I wouldn't trade for him ever. I wouldn't have him on my team. Isn't that sad? That uh, a person has become so uh, inexorably linked with selfishness that despite his excellence, you just don't want him on your team. Very, very sad. Who's this guy think he is? What does he think he does here? He's one of many who who should be trying to lift the game of basketball and and making it more popular. And what he's doing is, is creating a farce for himself and for the league. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's unseemly, and like I said, excessively selfish. Go Hoosiers tomorrow, 4 o'clock, immediate post game, right after the game. Can't wait to talk to you then. And another Sports Media 101 will post tomorrow around noon. Can't wait to talk to you about media. Can't wait to talk to you about the Hoosiers and hopefully a win tomorrow. And don't give me that boiler up crap. Just don't do it.